welcome to Super Fight Freaks podcast. And today we got something just a little bit different. Uh, as you know, I'm usually side by side with my uh, brother in arms, uh, D Raz. However, uh, D Raz, he's just kind of not in a good space right now to do the podcast. I'm not going to wait. There's so much hot shit to get out there. So I'm going to go solo with, uh, for you guys today. And, uh, you know, really the thing with D Raz is if you look in that heroic cycle, right? Usually something bad happens at the beginning and then there's some kind of like exile, you know, then during the exile, there's like a metamorphosis and then there's like a, you know, the return, the prodigal son returns, you know, and, and then you wreck shit and, and, and that's the cycle. Well, D-Raz has kind of been bouncing back and forth between the the exile and like the tragic uh, uh, beginning, you know, so uh, he, he's. He's shuffling back and forth right there, and he's not in a good headspace right now to knock this out. So uh, that's okay. I'm going to take the wheel, and we're going to get along. And it's probably going to be shorter. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get out. Uh, nothing bad about that. Uh, I'm going to have to go back a couple weeks, though, man. Um, what was it? Two weeks ago now was the UFC uh, fucking uh, 656. I mean, I don't know. Something like that. UFC 675. We had. Who did we have? It, it was so long ago. L let me talk about that card, right? I ended up watching the whole fucking thing somehow. Uh, I got conned into it. it. It was forgettable. I mean, I'm looking at the card and I'm looking at these names. I'm seeing these names next to faces. And I feel like I've never seen these people in my fucking life. Cynthia Calbongo versus Jessica uh, on Drady. Um, okay, no. Curtis Blades versus Joggin. Joggin Ho Rosenku. Um, no, you know, whatever. But he, here's where the show started Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. We told you guys last time that that was the fight, that was the uh, the Easter egg on the card, that was the free fight, uh, fight show. That was the whole show. It was a one fight card. You get in, you go to the buffet, do your thing, watch that fight, go right back to the buffet. You ain't missing nothing, baby. That was the fight, and it delivered. We were right. We, we we called our shot. And what do you know? What do you know? The freaks were right again. Uh, Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. It's been 23 years or something crazy since they last fought. Uh, look, I, I'm a Gen Zero fight fan. I, I was there when they first fought. Not, not at the fucking venue, but, you know, I, I was in the space. Yeah, I watched it. I remember it being a big deal. And uh, look. That's just where MMA is today. You can say whatever you want about these young fighters. That that's the future. These guys, uh, guys like Brian Ortega, they're so much better than the guys from 2005. Yet we're still watching fucking. Uh, uh, these guys are coming out of retirement. Uh, you know, Nick Diaz hasn't fought in 13 years, and he comes back, and it's still the most talked about fight on the card. You, you know, go fucking figure. But uh, Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. It was great, man. It was everything that you wanted to see. It was the best and worst of both guys. Uh, it was perfect. You know, Nick Diaz, he started that fight with the kind of energy that, you know, when you, when you go to work extra early in the morning and you, and you see that guy, you know, that father of four, he's in an unhappy marriage and he just fucking waddles, you know, eyes barely opening, uh, you, you know, not even reacting really to the sunlight. His pupils aren't quite dilating. He's just kind of he's still in slumber. You know, and he's j just waddling out to grab the fucking paper off the porch. That's the kind of energy Nick Diaz brought. And it was hilarious, man. And, and uh, for the first 20 and 30 seconds, I thought this is about to be over. Lawler was all over him. 
And that, you know, that that was the old Robbie Lawler. That was motivated Robbie Lawler. And uh, yeah, he was about to finish Diaz. And then we saw, you know, like I said, this, this fight was everything. This was the best and worst of both guys. Then we saw Robbie Lawler kick it into neutral and just go right into that sparring zone that he's been stuck in for the last four fucking years. And uh, Nick Diaz, I, I mean, it's funny. I, I've never seen a guy. This was a, a, such a great dichotomy, right, in the second phase of round one of their fight. I've never seen a guy in Robbie Lawler move his head so much. Oh, hold up one second. One second. What do you know? That was that little rat, that little lone diva has. He, you know, somehow he just knew I was doing the show without it. He just called. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had a halt production, you know, and tell him get his head right. You know that he's in a he's in a real bad place right now. He doesn't need to bring this energy to the show. Uh, you know, he needs to take as the little kids say, you know, a little mental health holiday. But I, I mean, it's so much more than that. I mean, his life is in absolute dire straits. Mm-hmm. He's basically wandering around Las Vegas uh, without aim, without purpose, without cash. Really, there's no safety net. Uh, yeah, he, he he's headed for uh, right now. He's headed for you know a lifetime of misery or just a disastrous sudden end. So I will keep you guys up to date on what happens with that. Let's get back to what I was saying. So yeah, Robbie Lawler, man, he downshifts, and then suddenly you see, oh yeah, the, the, that, that's what I was talking about. Sorry, the dichotomy. This brilliant dichotomy, you know, I've never seen a guy like Robbie Lawler move his head so much, so much head movement in that fight, so much, and get a hit with every punch, you, you know, for all of the defensive shifting and turning. I mean, it looked like he had just watched, you know, like uh, uh, some Gorilla Productions uh, deep analysis of uh, uh, Golovkin shifting and how that is like fucking Archie Moore from 1936, you know, a, a breakdown, you know, because he was shifting and sliding all over that ring, but getting hit with fucking everything. And then you had Nick Diaz, right, throwing the slowest and somehow the most accurate punches I've ever seen. Uh, it, it was just quite a sight. You know, I've never seen a guy throw so slowly and land so perfectly. Uh, that first round was a fucking ball, and it as bad as the round started for Diaz, I think everybody thought he won it by the end of it. I mean, it was a fantastic show. Round two, it's more of the same, but I don't remember when. There was some point in round two, maybe towards the end, maybe halfway, where it seemed like, you know, we were leaning towards a Nick Diaz stoppage, and then something happened. I don't know if it was a punch, if it was a body shot, but, but some little switch clicked, and Robbie Lawler was all over him again, and I thought... Uh, Diaz was looking for a way out by the end of round two, and he found that way out in round three. I think right in the beginning of the round, he went out. He basically just gave up on his shield. And, you know, this is what the freaks talk about every week, that so many of these guys, it's these fucking mirror match, first name, last name, motherfuckers. They're all interchangeable. Nick Diaz is a little bit different, right? If anybody else gives the performance that Nick Diaz just gave us, Right. And then gets on the fucking microphone and cuts one of the wackest, one of the lamest, trashest promos that, you know, that we've heard in a long time, making excuse after excuse. He would have got booted out of the fucking building. But because it's Nick Diaz, we gave him a fucking pass. And uh, that was it. It, it was a great show. Uh, you know, Robbie Lawler is as likable as ever in the buildup during the fight, after the fight. Uh, he's a great guy. He's a great personality. Even though he has kind of an absence of personality, he's just so affable. You, you just really like the guy. 
And it was the same thing with Nick Diaz. You know, he totally shit the bed. He came ill-prepared. Uh, looked like he just came to collect the paycheck, and he still almost won. Um, Robbie Lawler, as good as he looked, I don't think there's anything left for him. I, I don't want to see him in there if a young killer. Uh, and there's a lot of them in that division. Uh, I'm, I'm not interested in seeing that. Uh, same with Nick Diaz. I, I look if if he really comes in in shape, but 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 at one point, can we just stop saying, you know what? He's probably not going to come in in shape. You know, six years have passed. I, I don't know how old is he now. He's I know he started fighting in the UFC and he's like 14. You know, but he's probably 38 now. It's done. Let's just quit wondering what the next page is 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 going to say. It's probably going to say the same thing that all the previous pages said. You know, I, I think the ship is held. It was a fun way to go. Uh, but I, I don't want to see too much more of these guys. Uh, unless they want to do a trilogy fight, I'll watch that. Um, moving on, man. What else happened that night? I'm going to be real quick because these last two fights, quite frankly, they don't matter. It was Valentina Shevchenko versus uh, Lauren Murphy, just fresh off her shift off of on cue, looking like a fucking 7-Eleven cashier on the graveyard shift. Uh, what an what a embarrassing physique uh, and overall look, quite frankly. Look, Valentina Shevchenko really took a tour. I didn't start watching the fight to the last 15 seconds. Uh, but you know what? It was a great last 15 seconds of Valentino Shevchenko for what seems like the second or third time in a row. She's given us a public execution. So I will put her as one of the few women fighters in the world. I'm going to say few women athletes in the world worth watching. That's one of them. You know, look, if it comes down to Valentino and Shevchenko, uh, uh, Andrade, uh, Nama Yunus, uh, the Wiley Zhang. If it's, it comes up to, you know, do I want to watch a fight? Oh, Nunez, don't want to cyborg. You know, th- that's it. That, that, that's my tier of women fighters that I'm willing to put up with. You know, if it comes down to, hey, do you want to watch a Valentino Shevchenko fight or Jared Cannonier fight? I'm taking Shevchenko all day. Easy. Easy. Doesn't mean it's a free fuck fight, though. It, it, you know what I'm saying? I, I, it's kind of like, hey, do you want to be hung or do you want to be stabbed in the throat, bleed out? I'm choosing Shevchenko, but she still will probably never be a free fight fuck card pick of the night, you know. So for all the freaks out there, that was the end of the card. Nick Diaz, Robbie, Robbie Lawler, that fight ends. You go back to the buffet. For all the faggots out there who wanted to watch all the fights and really talk about, you know, really respect the athletes. Uh, you had Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega to look forward to. <coughs> And look, I mean, it was a good fight. Some people are calling it great. One of the greatest title fights. I didn't see that. Brian Ortega, yeah, he's tough as nails. Uh, uh, good for him. It, it was an entertaining show. Ortega still got dominated. Yes, uh, the, the guillotine looked locked in. The, the, the triangle choke never looked locked in. Okay, I, everybody was calling that. Unless he, unless he would have got that arm and started cranking that too, that wasn't going nowhere. I didn't fall for that. That was a false flag. That was a psyop. People are pushing that. That's a that's a psyop right there. And all, all our freaks out there, you got your ears to the ground. I want you to, I want you to, 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 to stand back and, and watch. We're not going to pounce on this yet, but that that's a psyop. Everybody's saying that that fight was almost finished twice. Far taken. No, that, that triangle had no hope. Um, however, Vol- Volkanovski won. He dominated, and I feel like Ortega, he's turning into that that new Kenny Florian. It's like, look, you know, he really got the fuck beat out of him in his first title shot, but in his next title shot, he still got his ass whooped, but it wasn't as bad. He's getting closer to winning one of these title fights, you know. I feel like he's just going to be slotted into that Kenny Florian role where, you know, he can beat the contenders, and then he's going to go up there 
uh, fight a champion and just get shut the fuck down. Uh, so, so look, that was that UFC 686. Uh, great card. Let's move it along, man. Boxing. And look, I'm, I'm going to be here. This is nothing but the greatest hits. I'm going to come in. I'm going to come out this week. I don't got D-Raz. You know, he's rolling around in the streets out there, in the streets of Vegas. Uh, keep your eyes peeled if you're down there. Um, I, I don't even know if you should lend him a helping hand uh, at this point because who knows what he would use that help for. Um, the, yeah, I, I hate to be morbid. But you've seen how these situations end up. It's best to just keep your distance if you see him roll around in Vegas. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't want him to riff with. I'm just going to run through this shit, man. Last week, Usyk versus Anthony Joshua. Now, if you are a Gen 1 Fight Freaks fan, and if you were listening to another podcast, we might have had. Maybe you would have heard us say that uh, Usyk poses no problems for Anthony Joshua. You know, and, and I always believe that. I will tell you the moment, though, I realized Anthony Joshua was going to lose this fight. And it was in that moment that I went and bet. It, it, was, it was noon that day, noon the day of the fight, noon my time in the U.S. So it was not that far from the fight starting over there, uh, just hours removed. I went and placed a bet on Usyk uh, to, to win over 12, and I collected handsomely on that. Uh, th that was very nice. And w why did my opinion change, right? It's a combination of two things. When I first saw Ushik go up against uh, the, the fuck from the Creed movie, uh, I can't think of his name right now, the cruiserweight, and I wasn't impressed. And then I saw clips of him uh, against uh, Chisora. I really wasn't too impressed. You know, it's like, look, this guy's talented, but he's too small for this division. And I, and I still feel that. However, the reason why my opinion shifted and then it shifted very much, very rapidly noon that day is for one reason scratch that two reasons the first of those was uh the rematch uh that anthony joshua had against anthony ruiz or joshua ruiz i don't know what his name the mexican guy the fat one uh when he had that rematch right he won over 12 rounds he did dominate on my scorecard and everybody else's however that fight to me exposed anthony joshua right i've seen a lot of anthony joshua fights and Maybe I don't watch them closely or maybe I haven't seen all of them, but I wasn't sure if the guy could actually box. I knew he was this athletic, big puncher. And because of that, I thought he would easily beat Usyk. However, the success he had in that fight, I completely that it, it totally exposed him in my eyes because before I didn't know if he could box. And then after that, I realized, OK, he can't box at all. He can only box on the most crude in the crudest fashion possible. And the only reason he lost that fight was because Anthony Ruiz or Joshua Ruiz, whatever the fat fuck's name is, he came in for the rematch even fatter. It, had he just remained as fat as he was for the first fight, he would have beat Joshua again. That was the complete wrong way to fight uh, Ruiz. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I know he won over 12 rounds, but he only won over 12 rounds because Ruiz was just so immobile, you know, was so fat. Uh, even the fat, immobile Ruiz still put Anthony Joshua over great amounts of pressure in that 12-round fight. And, and, and I, I really felt like Anthony Joshua should have approached that rematch in the same way he approached the first fight. Just go out, Ruiz, and attack him. You know, because I thought he, he came very, you know, to me, after that first fight, I thought, okay, the rematch should be 50-50. 
And it, it, instead, we saw uh, Joshua slim down and Ruiz balloon up and Joshua pivot his game plan. And it made sense. You know, it made sense to want to box Ruiz if you could. Uh, OK, yeah, go ahead and box him but only if you can box. I didn't know if he could box. But I realized after that he can't. Uh, so, so that was one factor. And the second factor was uh, I don't know if it was post weigh in uh, when, when I saw this, when I heard about this, but I heard that Anthony Joshua was slimming down for the Ushik fight. And it was in that moment I realized Anthony Joshua was going to lose. And that's when I put my money on Ushik, even though I had been saying for the longest, if they ever fight, Anthony Joshua would easily beat him. I ended up betting on Ushik that uh, right then and there when I heard that because. That just means to me that Anthony Joshua believes what all you fuck said. You know, Anthony Joshua believes every pundit, every Eddie Hearn, every guy jacking him off. He believed them all. When after that shit performance he gave against Ruiz, you know, where he, yeah, where he air quotes, where he outboxed him, that he had somehow reinvented himself. And it looked like he's completely drinking the Kool-Aid because if he's losing weight uh, to, to, to fight Ushik, that means he thinks he's going to box him, I guess, uh, that he wants to be quicker, you know, that, that that is hilarious. So, so right as soon as I heard that, I went and put money in Ushik. You know, imagine giving up your only advantage. You know, it, imagine if it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fight Mike Tyson. And yeah, I know I'm 6'6 and I have longer arms. And I, I'm actually going to have a surgery, remove three inches from my shin. I, I you know, I, I, I really want to, and I'm going to make my arms shorter. I, re, I really want to fight Tyson up close. It, it's, it's just stupid. You know, so Anthony Joshua had this natural advantage against Ushik. You know, we've seen Ushik struggle in his two fights at heavyweight against bigger guys. We saw him really, quite frankly, be bullied at spots against Chisora. You know, he really had to outlast an older aging Chisora to beat him. And what does Anthony Joshua do? No, Anthony Joshua thinks, yeah, I'm 2.0 now. You know, I'm a new guy. This is the new look, Anthony Joshua. You didn't know Anthony Joshua could box, did you? You know, him losing weight just, just played into that fake bullshit narrative you guys all fed him, and he got embarrassed. Uh, just ridiculous. If anything, he should have ballooned up. He should have been as big as he was for the Klitschko fight. Uh, he should have went into the full bodybuilder mode. He was never going to outbox Ushik. That is ridiculous. And, and you watch round one of that fight take place, and I, I knew I made the right bet. You know, when, when at the end of round one, who was the aggressor? It was Usyk. Anthony Joshua is there laying in the weight, trying to box. I mean, he, he really was trying to pump a jab, and any time he did land, and he did have success against Usyk. He, he, you know, he was able to land that right hand. However, he never threw with power. Every time he landed that right hand, and he did land it perfectly at times, it was like a touch punch. It was an arm punch. He was trying to throw it in a, in a way to, to throw it fast, to throw it with speed rather than to throw it like he fucking meant it. I guess he really believed he was going to outbox, outbox Ushik, you know? Just the complete wrong way to approach that fight, you know? Wilder and Anthony Joshua, they have so many similar qualities, you know, in that both guys, at their best, do not box their opponents. Both guys use their length and their height to kind of just wait around on the outside. And then they use their athleticism and their power. And quite frankly, they're both relatively fast. I, I, I hate to say they have Wilder. But when Wilder throws a straight right, a concise right hand, it does get from point A to point B very fast. And, and they will both charge in at random intervals and try to overwhelm you with the spurt of athleticism and then you get all the way back out. You know, so yeah, they give up rounds. 
they give up moments, they give up periods, but they generally will stop you at some point uh, if it goes their way. But, but Anthony Joshua never even tried that. That's how I thought he was going to approach this fight. And I believe had he approached the fight that way, if not one, he would have had a way better shot. Uh, you know, it would have been a 50-50 fight, but this was, uh, this was a 0-100 fight. He has no chance to outbox Usyk. And uh, an embarrassing performance. I, I, I still believe if in the rematch, if Anthony Joshua get back to, you know, what Anthony Joshua should be, uh, yeah, I think he has a decent shot to win it. You know, Usyk was very skilled, but I'm, I'm not buying it still. I just think he's too small. However, most of the guys in the heavyweight division, and that includes everybody, they're really not that skilled. Um, I, I don't think Tyson Fury is an all-time boxer. You know, I think he does bring a historically unique problem in that he is somewhat fleet of foot at his size, and he is very conditioned for his size. You know, but, but I don't have much faith in him, and I, I just don't think anybody in the field right now is, is quite frankly, that skilled, especially when we speak historically of, of other great champions. So with that said, I'm going to move it along to uh, the, the final thing I want to touch on. And that's uh, Fury versus Wilder this weekend. Oh, and, and then actually, I, there's one thing I, I, I wanted to get off my chest. It, it was so funny during the first half of this uh, Ushik versus uh, uh, Anthony Joshua fight. You know, all the commentators, you know, they're so pro Joshua. And at one point, it, it was getting so ridiculous. I wanted to turn the commentary off. But I realized at this point, my, my power level is so high. It really doesn't affect me. I hear how these guys call the fights, but it's I'm impervious to it. I, I just find it annoying, you know, so I, I left the commentary on. But after the first three rounds, the narrative be, be, between the whole commentary booth, at least on the broadcast I was watching, was that uh, um, can Alexander Ushik keep this up? Can he keep up this rapid pace for 12 more rounds? And it's like, guys, he doesn't need to. I mean, if you really think Anthony Joshua is going to get more effective as this fight goes on, you're fucking crazy. Uh, uh, Anthony Joshua slows down uh, with every minute that, that, that advances in the fight. I mean, absolutely ridiculous to think that Usyk was going to have to keep up that pace or something bad was going to happen. I mean, get over yourself. And that, that just shows you that the, the analysm, the analyst uh, level of quality that we have in boxing today, it, it, it's, it's fucking laughable. Anyways, Fury versus Wilder 3. I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it sweet. Uh, I, I, I'm betting the house on Fury. I think uh, you should take the under seven and a half rounds. And I think you should also bet on Fury. That way you win twice. Fury knocks him out under seven and a half rounds, which I think he will. You win twice. You win for betting on Fury and you win for the fight going on seven and a half rounds. You're also protected in case Wilder gets that wild KO in uh, the, the first half of the fight, which quite frankly, if he's going to do it, I think it has to be then. Um, with that said, I don't really find this fight that interesting, uh, but I, I do want to watch it because it's kind of like this cultural zeitgeist. You know, it, it is going to be, uh, you know, look, let's face it. Wilder is this guy that that black fight fans, they, they love to say, man, he that boy. Um, bomb squad. You know, you kind of get all like the worst kind of black fight fans. They all they all love uh, Anthony Joshua. And then you get those fake patriots. You know, those white cucks who also will cheer water. Well, he's the American. So I'm, I'm just excited to see uh, Tyson Fury just beat the fuck out of him. I love the optics of it. Uh, I, I love all of that. And, and that's why I'm going to watch this fight. But for the actual fight, I mean, look, 
Fury knows everything about Wilder. And, and I don't even think Wilder even knows who he is. Not only does he not know what Fury is going to bring to the table, Wilder doesn't even know what Wilder is at this point. You know, he got back the fuck up in the rematch. He got outboxed in the first fight. Uh, what else do you want to see? You know, uh, uh, yeah. So, so Wilder fires, uh, I, I can't think of the guy's name now, Mark Breland. Wilder fires Mark Breland and brings in Malik Scott, you know, because Malik, Malik Scott's a good jabber. And, and, you know, and he's going to show me how to beat Tyson Fury. You know, get it. That's ridiculous. You know, this guy is given every excuse in the book. Uh, he, he was not man enough to, to have a proper press conference. You know, he really had to listen to uh, I put on for my city one more time. He wouldn't take off his fucking Dre Beach, you know, because he's, he's so mentally fragile at this point. You know, he needs to he, he needs to block off all distractions. Uh, well buddy that bell's still gonna ring and you know that distraction is gonna come in the form of that right hand and it's gonna come over and over and, and i think fear is gonna get in and he's gonna get out even quicker uh, i don't think it's gonna be that interesting of a fight like i said just the cultural impact of, of seeing a white guy beat the fuck out of uh, a black guy you know that that'll be fun i guess for me fun for the freaks uh that's all you guys have to look forward to oh uh, yeah everybody send d raz your prayers he, he's in a dark spot uh like like I said, he interrupted the show to call me, and it it, it didn't sound good. The, 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 that's all I'm gonna say. It, it it didn't sound good. So keep him in your thoughts, keep him in your prayers. If you see him, ignore him. Do not, you know, because like I said, you don't know what he's gonna use that help for. If you see him in the streets of Vegas. Uh, so with that said, everybody, enjoy your week. Uh, peace out. Bye. <laughs>